season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Homer Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR Podcast. My name is Jace Riggling and I'm the host. We've had two great episodes so far this weekend. We got one more to round off the weekend. We've got 2024 Illinois baseball commit Simon Wilkinson on the show. Got great pitcher from the Zionsville up there in uh, north central Indiana, up there north of Indy. Um, today we discussed that Illinois coaching staff, talk about their recruiting process, talk about that journey to the Bulls and where he played at beforehand. Um, and just much more dig into, dig into his entire career. Uh, so let's dig into it. Hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have one of the best players in Indiana for the 2024 class from Zionsville, Indiana. Indiana Bulls black player. We got Illinois baseball commit Simon Wilkinson on the show. Simon, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Thank you, man. It's great to be on the show. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. So one question I do like to start it off just with everybody, just so they kind of get comfortable talking about themselves, just digging into it a little bit. Um, So that question is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Simon Wilkinson? So I'm a junior at Zionsville High School. I'm a right-handed pitcher committed to Illinois. I throw a fastball slider, sinker. Um, on the non-baseball side of things, I'm the oldest of four. Uh, I have two very supportive parents, Jamie and Dave, and um, I have a sister who's a year younger than me, brother who's in seventh grade, and my youngest brother is, we adopted him from Africa about eight years Great. Okay. So, I guess, usually I kind of start to talk about the recruiting process a little bit, but you brought up your family, so let's kind of dig in that a little bit. So yeah. you said you adopted – how many – you said it was seven, eight years ago you adopted your youngest yeah. brother? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So what was that like being seven, eight years ago? You were probably like 10 years old. So Yeah, I was what, in like what, fourth grade. Okay, yeah. So what was that like adopting – adopting um, a younger – was how old was he when you guys adopted him? He was six months old. Okay. So what was that like adopting a baby from Africa and kind of like what kind of shock did that put on your family in terms of like just the way you guys live day to day to day? cool I was still pretty young so I didn't like you know understand fully what was happening but you know we brought him in we loved him you know we love him and uh it's been a process for sure just him adapting you know trying to figure out who he is because Zionsville is like you know, it's a predominantly white area and so just trying to find his identity with uh you know a lot of white people around him it's been I think kind of difficult for him but He's as he's getting older, it's been a lot easier, and he's growing into himself very well. Yeah. So, what was that motivation from your parents to go ahead and adopt a a baby from uh, from Africa? So, we're huge Christians, very faithful people, and one big thing in the Bible is just going out <clears throat> and helping other people. And I feel like I think they felt like adopting was a great way to do that and help a baby from Africa, you know, who might not have a great future ahead of him bring him to the United States and give him a great future. I think that's where they kind of, kind of what they saw. Yeah. So you said you're, you said your family's big Christians. So kind of digging into that a little bit, what you guys just digging? I know you said you want to talk about your faith a little bit. So let's dig into that a little bit. I know I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a Christian. I don't go to church Mm -hmm. like every Sunday or I'm not, I I, I don't do that, but I do consider myself a Christian. So kind of dig into your faith a little bit and kind of just how you live your life. Yeah, so we really think everything needs to be for the glory of God. And if you do everything with the purpose of glorifying God, then it, it will all work out in the end. And, you know, being a Christian, you go out, you do your best to be great people, like kind of people. But, you know, like also at the end of the day, you're human, you're going to sin. And, you know, you just got to learn to ask God for forgiveness. And But you just got to go out and give every day. And, be kind to people, go out of your way to do stuff for other people and just, you know, make sure you do, you're doing it all for God and doing it for the right reasons. 
Yeah, of course. So do you, does your, does your athletic career as a baseball player and then your faith, do they kind of intermingle at times or do you kind yeah, of keep 100%. them separate? No, no, they intermingle all the time. I'm doing this baseball thing for God. I'm not doing it for myself, for my family. I'm doing it hundred percent for the glory of God. Okay. So digging into the baseball side of things, let's dig into your recruiting process. You, I know you just committed to Illinois here about one, two weeks ago. Uh, yeah. So let's just dig into how the whole process got started for you. So when did that you start getting noticed by some of those D1 teams? So it started after I went to Lake Point my 15-year year. We went to the NPI. Is that the one in, like, June at Lake Point? I think that's what it's called. It's the NPI in Lake Point. And so that was in early June of my freshman going into sophomore summer. And I remember I pitched against USA Prime American and pitched pretty well. There was a couple of schools there. And about three days after that, French was my 15U head coach. He really helped me with recruiting at the beginning. He reached out and gave me a uh, coach from Xavier's number. So I've been talking to them for a long time. And that's kind of how it got started. And then in the fall, I started talking to Ohio State like about a year ago. And then really those were the only two I was talking to until probably winter, I'd say December, I started talking to Kent State. And then everything happened pretty quick at the end of June of this year and early July, I started talking. I think I had at the end of it about 15 calls. So I talked to a lot of schools and I felt like Illinois was definitely where I wanted to be. So with that recruiting process, not, I'm not going to say it started out slow, but it started out a little bit slower than what it was when you said you had 15 teams talking to you. So right, what were some right. of those initial conversations back when you were a little bit younger, talking to Xavier, talking to uh, that second school that you mentioned, and then just how did it all go to you ended up talking to 15 schools? Kind of just take us through that a little bit. Yeah, so I guess I topped like 84 even through the fall of last year. And so those early conversations with Xavier and Ohio State and Kent State – they were all just waiting for me to make that, you know, 84 to 90 velo jump. And, you know, I did that. And then I guess that kind of got the attention of a lot of other schools. So my velo jump really helped. So Xavier and Ohio State, they were really good. I had really good connections with them. And um, so – they were just a lot about me and my family and then how they wanted me to progress as a pitcher and what they wanted me to get better at. And it was all like they were telling me once I get the velo jump, you know. Yeah. We'll so after that velo jump, what were some after that velo jump, what were some other schools that ended up reaching out to you? Um, so I had a big interest from let me see, like uh Alabama Birmingham was a big one that really liked me. I had – one second, I'm going to my notes here, sorry. And then I had uh, Purdue, Indiana State, Libscombe, Cincinnati, High Point, uh, St. Leo in Florida, Libscombe, and St. Louis. Okay, so, I mean, so, you mentioned some you mentioned some pretty good baseball programs there. So, yeah. what was it overall that put Illinois on top and on top of some of those other schools you mentioned? Illinois, I love the uh, pitching coach. He's also a really big Christian. He was the first coach to ever talk to me about Christianity. And he's a huge relationship guy, so is the head coach. So that was a big part of it. I think I was on the phone like an hour and 30 minutes, the first conversation I had with Coach Allen, who's the pitching coach. And I think that really stood out to me. He didn't like – he didn't want to get to know me as a baseball player. He wanted to get to know me like as a person. And I really, really uh, like that about it. And it's only an hour 40 from home. So my grandparents love watching me pitch. It's an easy drive for them. It's an easy drive for me to get back here. The facilities are great. Coaching staff is amazing. And so I guess those three things really made it a pretty easy decision. So before you actually did make that decision and you're kind of just going through talking to different coaches, not really knowing what you're going uh, what were some key things you were looking for? And then when you would meet with each coach, kind of what was your mindset there? Uh, just kind of maybe crossing crossing boxes off, being like, okay, this coach covers that, covers this. Uh, just what were yeah. some key things you were looking for? Well, I want to play in the MLB. So the number one thing was definitely development. And they're going to get me as a freshman. And by the time I'm a junior, I want to be like MLB caliber pitcher. I need to be ready to play in the MLB and get drafted. 
So development was the number one thing. And then the second thing was just pretty much how um, the coaches, I guess, treated me and talked to me. Like, you can definitely tell when you're on the phone with someone who's just talking to you. And then when you're on the phone with, with someone who actually, like, wants to talk to you. And there's a big difference. And so Coach Allen, I, I can tell he, like, really wanted to talk to me and get me at Illinois. So that was a big part of it. And then another thing was distance from home, um, like UAB, High Point. Those are like eight, nine hour drives. So that wasn't really going to work out for me because, like I said, my grandparents love watching me pitch. My parents love watching me pitch. So I wanted to be close for them so they didn't have to watch me on the TV, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, so you mentioned, obviously, you have a great relationship with Coach Allen and just that mm-hmm. Illinois coaching staff as a whole. So overall, yeah. how did that how did that relationship evolve? before you committed and now that you've committed about a week, week and a half ago, how has it evolved already? And then yeah. uh, once that September deadline comes, when you're able to talk to him more often, what are you looking forward to most about um, just building that relationship? Okay. So I think I had my first conversation with coach Allen at the end of June and it was about an hour 30. And he just like really got to know me. We talked a lot about pitching, about my family, about my faith. And then I think I talked to him about a week later. And it was probably like 15, 20 minutes. And it was just catching up after I threw again. You know, talked about some of the same things. And then we talked, I'd say, every week for about four weeks until I committed. So we talked. We had like four, five, six conversations. And I think two weeks before I committed, I went up there just with my family. Uh, we got to see a lot of the campus, got to see the field, and then the facility wasn't open, so we just got to peek in through the windows at the facilities. So that was really cool. I love the campus. You know, it's a big Ten campus. It's big, green, open, and I really love that. And then I had a conversation, um, I think, what was it, the second. I think I committed on the second. It was like I just knew. You know, I talked about it a lot in the weeks leading up to that and I just woke up one morning and I knew that Illinois was the place for me. Okay. So how long, so you committed on the second. So how long was it before you kind of knew that Illinois was the place? Obviously you, you thought it through, you talked to your family about it. How long did you know that Illinois was the place you wanted to be before you kind of announced to the public there on August 2nd? Uh, I announced it actually, I think the fifth, but I told oh, the coaches okay. I told the coaches I was coming on the second and I announced it the fifth. But I knew probably like two days before I told the coaches I was just like Illinois is the place to be if something else huge doesn't come up in the next two days, like Illinois is the place I'm gonna go. So Yeah. So I mean you, Jace, RJ and Joe kinda all committed on back to back to back days. Yeah. So yeah, was four that days in a row. Was that kinda planned or obviously we no. know in two days ahead of time did it just kind of be a coincidence so you thought okay well let's let's do this to be kind of cool yeah I didn't even know but I thought Joe was gonna announce it the day after on like that Saturday and then he was like he texted me he was like hey I'm announcing today and I was like all right this is gonna be cool we got four days in a row but I didn't know Jace was gonna announce that soon I didn't know RJ was gonna announce that soon so it was all kind of a surprise to me so yeah it's I mean it's cool to see I mean I know Jay said, once you committed, you, you were the 10th guy on that Bulls team to commit. And I just found that absolutely crazy. I mean, yeah. 10 guys from the same team. And plus, I mean, you got, like you said, I mean, you've got Caden, uh, you got AJ, Isaac. I'm sure right. Chase Wagner's getting some interest too. I mean, I mean you guys is, your guys' team is absolutely loaded. But yeah. um, when you took that uh, visit to Urbana Champagne or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, what were some different th- – obviously, you said you looked through the windows of the baseball facility – but what were some other things that kind of caught your interest of the town as a whole? And just what were some other things you got to see when you were there? Well, it's definitely a college town. The town around it's really small, but like there's a lot of greenery, a lot of trees, a lot of open space. The houses around it are really cool, like outside of the campus. Then you enter the campus. The student union's amazing. There's uh, great food places in there. It's huge. It's beautiful. Um, the campus overall is really open. And then in the center, there's this place called Green Street with all your restaurants, shopping, really anything you need. There's a target there. Anything you're going to need as a student athlete um, is on that street, you know. And then, like, going out, it just gets a lot more open. The uh, 
place. It's called Illini Towers. It's where I'll stay my freshman year. It, it's pretty nice. It's uh, good. It's a tall building. It's where all the freshman athletes stay. So those were really big when I looked at it. And the business school is very nice, which I want to go into finance. So that's a okay. big factor as well. Okay. So what's your motivation to getting into finance? Obviously, your goal is to play baseball as long as possible. But right. when baseball does come to an end, like what's your kind of – what's your – and your end baseball career goal, your, I mean, your mm-hmm. post baseball career goal. Yeah. So I guess it really depends on how long I play baseball. If I'm a four year player in college and then don't end up making it to the MLB or minor leagues or whatever, I think I will be an investment banker, which is a lot of finance. And I get that motivation a lot from my dad who went into finance out of college. And I'm, I've always been pretty good at math and I have a good work ethic. So, I guess those three things going into investment banking, which is a pretty, pretty tough career. It's really long days, but I'm good with math. I have a pretty good work ethic. So I think that's a good career for me. And then if I do end up making some money from baseball and I don't need like an actual career, I could see myself maybe starting my own business or something just as like a retirement, make some extra money and I think finance is really important when you run your own business. So that's kind of my yeah. thought process on that. Yeah. Would you know what type of business you'd like to get into? Or is that kind of just a thought, like an afterthought right now? Just, not that's really just it's kind of, Yeah. So it'd probably be like a baseball, um, baseball business. So like maybe I'd be a pitching coach. I'd hire someone to teach hitting lessons, fielding lessons, agility. Like if you've ever been to ProX, um, kind of like that, just I guess on like a smaller scale. Okay. Because I I always want to be around baseball. So yeah. So you went on that visit to uh, to Illinois, but did, mm-hmm. throughout that process, did you go on to any other visits um, that uh, schools you were looking at? Yeah. So I went to Xavier in January. It was really nice as well. It was just a smaller campus, but everything. It reminds me a little bit of Illinois. It's really nice. Baseball facilities are nice. And then I went to. UAB while I was at the WWBA just because it was like two hours away and I thought like as well just see it while I'm here and it was pretty nice the campus is in Birmingham so it's like a city campus so there's lots of building like tall buildings around you but the campus itself is pretty nice it's it's a lot of uh it's not a lot of trees or anything which I like which I don't like about it so but the baseball facilities and everything like that were pretty nice. And then okay. I think that's about it, yeah. So now that you've committed here about a week, week and a half ago, uh, what were, um, have you been able to build any, build any relationships or connect with any of your future teammates, maybe in the class of 24 or even guys who are a little bit older than you? Yeah, so a few of them followed me on Instagram, added me on Snapchat, and I've had a few conversations with those guys just about kind of why they chose Illinois and then what our hopes are for for the future and just kind of keeping each other accountable to keep working. And so when we get to Illinois, we can be a winning team. Of course, building that relationship early on is definitely a very right. important factor, just like you said about yeah. that relationship you have with the coaching staff. But mm, Got to build look, that chemistry. Of course. Um, but let's let's move in a little bit to your travel ball career a little bit. So yeah. obviously you play for the Indiana Bulls Black. So when did mm-hmm. you get connected with them and how long have you played for them? So in 13U, I was on the Indiana Prospects, which we were a team that got assembled just in one year. This was our first year playing with each other. And at the end of the season, we were ranked 100th in the nation, which was pretty cool because none of us had really known each other except like there was a core group of Zionsville kids and then just a bunch of kids from all over. And we were assembled by a Joel Lesher, who I, I'm still in contact with. I love him. He's a big part of my baseball career. He's taught me how to handle myself as a baseball player on the field and what coaches look for and all that. And so we uh, beat Bulls White, I think, three or four times that year. And so after that, Joel had – his wife had a baby, so he decided not to coach that next year. And so basically me – and two other Zionsville kids joined that Bulls white team. And so that's when I started playing for the Bulls in 14U. And I had an okay season then. That was like the COVID year. I didn't get a lot of pitching time or innings. And so next year, I had a good tryout. 
my coaches put in a good word for me with Coach French. I made the black team. And so that's really when it all started taking off. And I really started focusing on baseball and thought to myself, like, maybe I have a chance of being really good one day. So, yeah. So what was that transition going from the Bulls white to the Bulls black? Because obviously, I think most people know it goes Bulls black and then the Bulls white are the second level and then the Bulls gray, right? Right. So what was that transition like going from the Bulls white where, I mean, it's still very competitive. It's just not as competitive as Bulls black. Um, it was really cool um, because I started traveling a lot more. Like I had never been to Lake Point or East Cobb or Hoover or anything like that until my 15U season because when I played for Bulls White, it was still like all around here, like at Grand Park, Noblesville. And I think we had one tournament in Kentucky, but I'd really never traveled like that far until I played for Bulls Black. And we went to Lake Point that first weekend in June. And I remember just thinking like, these kids are just on, on like a different level. Like I've never seen this before. And so that really motivated me to work my butt off in the off season and get a lot better. Yeah. So is that kind of like a culture shock for you going down to yeah. Lake Point and then East Coast? 100%. Yeah. Like these dudes were just flying around the bases, hitting them piss missiles off the wall. And I was like, I've just never seen this before. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I went down to East Cobb for the first time this past summer. I went to the 17 mm-hmm. UWWBA. Um, so a little background on me, I'm an IU student. I'm, I have two years till I graduate and I'm trying to become an agent. So Mm -hmm. I kind of went down there just to kind of see what the whole, um, that whole atmosphere is like kind of network with agents, coaches, scouts, and even some players. And let me tell like, that was, that was a crazy thing to go see. Obviously, I mean, Grand Park's awesome too, but it was cool to go to East Cobb and just see, I mean, I was seeing the Phillies national, the the Bulls national team, uh, Canes National where they're wearing their Mets jerseys and it was I mean right it's just crazy to see all these ball players who I mean I'm sure that whole week I'm sure I saw we're going in the first round next year so oh yeah I mean it's it's yeah definitely a culture shock for me not even as a ball player so I can't imagine what it was like for you but yeah. um I think I think I'm about to get another culture shock. I'm going to uh, Jupiter at the in the in October for Team Indiana, and I've heard that's just absolutely insane playing down there. Okay. Like the competition yeah. is just on another level. Yeah, uh, Jace brought that up the other day about going to Jupiter for Team Indiana. So how did you yeah. how did you get connected with Team Indiana, and what are you looking forward to most playing with them this fall? So Dan Held is first year recruiting coordinator on Bulls this year, and he reached out to me while I was at the WWBA and said, hey, like, we have a spot for you on Team Indiana. Um, Just let me know if you want it. And then he sent me the schedule. And so I think just pitching well the past two summers has kind of got me on that team. And I'm really looking forward to playing with the older guys and just really, like, testing my competition against the best. Obviously, playing every weekend with that Team Indiana coming up here this fall, how do you Mm – I mean, that's going to be a busy schedule for you. So how do you work around that? And how do you how do you just go about that? So I think we're at Grand Park three times. Then we have a doubleheader versus Canes Midwest at Indiana University, which I'm only hour and a half away from. And then we go to Jupiter that following week. So it's all pretty local except the Jupiter tournament. But it's really not that tough. Like I get my lifts in during the week, and then I'm ready to go on the weekends to pitch. So it's I mean I'm only. 20 minutes away from Grand Park. So it's not yeah. really, you know. Yeah. So when are you guys big. playing in Indiana? Uh, I want to say the end of September, like the last weekend of September, but I'd have to check that. Okay. You're going to have to, you're going to have to send me that schedule. I wonder if that yeah, game's going to be know. open. I wonder if that game's going to be open to the public. Cause man, I'll, I'll, yeah, I bet it will. I mean, I mean, I'd be there, man. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd skip class for that game. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, you also, you were also at the futures game. So uh, mm-hmm. take us take us through that series. I mean, I know it's I believe it's four days. Um, so kind of take us through that. How you got connected with that, and just what it was like that atmosphere you played at. Yeah. So Blake Hibbler is my coach, and I think he has a big say in who the kids are for that make that team. So I got that invite, whatever it was, like two or three weeks, or probably a month before the future games, and accepted that because it's always been a goal of mine to go there and get seen by the top colleges in the country and so we were in the WWBA like the week before that that ends I think we lost on a Thursday so I go back get home 
Friday afternoon, chill Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then we leave, I think, on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I think we leave on that Wednesday and then get there Wednesday night, and I pitch on that Thursday night. So it was just – it all happened pretty fast from going from uh, WWBA back down to Lake Point. But yeah. I was I was ready, so yeah. So playing in that futures game, I'm sure that was probably the event you've the the most coaches attended event you've probably pitched in. Am I wrong? Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, there okay. was like dozens and dozens of dudes there. So how how do you how, how do you focus and just what's your mindset when you know there's so many coaches watching you at an event like that? Um, it's really no different. Like you know they're there, but you're not gonna perform well if you're thinking about it. If you're thinking too much, you're never gonna perform well. So. I uh I just try to get all my energy or like I put pressure on myself in practice so that when I get to those moments it doesn't feel as big and so I'm going through my warm ups and stretching and everything just taking deep breaths and knowing God's got me and whatever happens happens you know like they're they're there to see me and the team like the other teams like my talent's got me there I have the talent it's just I got to go perform so I kind of yeah. get all the nerves out in warm-ups and then I just go out on the mound take a few deep breaths just go pitch so after you pitched there in that futures game what was it like did your recruiting process kind of ramp up a little there where you were talking mm. to quite a few coaches no it kind of happened all before that so it happened when I went to Hoover and then the WWBA and I was like two weeks in a row and then after future games I think I had like a call with Cincinnati and I think that's it, really. Um, so then I knew pretty much right away I wanted to go to Illinois after that. Okay. So, obviously, you have this fall playing for Team Indiana. That's going to be amazing. I mean, yeah. playing with some of your Bulls teammates, playing with some guys ahead of you. Like, I know Andrew Wiggins is going to be part of that team. Yeah. I don't really know who else is on that roster. Um, but just look, just looking uh, in the past, with your travel ball coming up to an end here next summer, uh, just looking back into the past, what's been some of your favorite travel ball memories that just come to mind when you think about the, all these years that you've played travel ball? Yeah, so the two that stand out to me is going to Cooperstown when I was 12 with my local team because I get to look back and, like, I'm still friends with all those those dudes that are on my team. Like, they all go to my high school. And so having that relationship with all of them and then getting, like, to spend a week with them when we're 12 in Cooperstown playing fall week like that was just amazing like there's nothing like that at all it's just a unique experience you get like unis you know you're playing on 200 foot fences just hitting bombs and it was so fun my birthday was actually on the week I went and I pitched and hit a home run on my birthday and that's probably the coolest experience I've ever had in baseball so far okay yeah yeah and then another one was 13U we uh with the prospects that team was like family we all got really close really fast and i think it was the last tournament one of the last tournaments we played at grand park it was it was a perfect game tournament at grand park and we went like 8 and 0 or 9 and 0 and beat like two teams in the top 40 in the country to win the tournament and i like that was just amazing this kid hit a walk off to send us to the championship in the semifinals and that like that that tournament was just amazing as well so those are yeah. probably the two coolest t- like uh memories yeah I have. so transition a little bit to high school ball so obviously mm-hmm. like we talked about before we started recording i mean your guys' zionsville team i mean it seems pretty loaded it seems like it's a great baseball program yeah so kind of take us through what your sophomore season was like um so in the off season I had to really grind because I had Drew Dixon, who's going, who's at Northwestern now, Aiden Hatcher, who's at Butler, and then uh, this kid named Aiden Fitzsimmons, who's playing at Akron as a pitcher. These dudes are all, like, high 80s. And then me and Nash are just grinding for our spots on varsity. So I, was, I, don't, I didn't really know what to expect going into the season. I did get up to 89 in, like, February, and that was a little bit of a confidence boost for me. I was doing well in lobbies, like, in the cage in the high school. And so uh, tryouts were, like, last week of February, and I was on varsity. And then I pitched pretty well in my first outing against Carmel. Like, all the pitchers just got one inning. 
I think I had two strikeouts, one hit, and then one, like, pop-out. That was a big confidence boost. We beat Carmel 1-0. And then I think I got two or three more innings before we played Fishers. And then Fishers was on spring break. It was my first conference appearance, and I just got shelled. Like, I got demolished, dude. I gave up, like, six runs in one inning out of relief. And then I got called into the coach's office after that, and Jared Moore, the head coach, was just like, man, this happens to everyone at least once. Like, I knew at some point this season it was happening to you, Nat Chase, because you guys are on varsity as sophomores, pitching against some of the best competition in, in Indiana. Don't get down. I haven't lost any confidence in you at all. And you're still on varsity. You're still going to get as many innings as you deserve. Just keep working. And so that, like, having the head coach tell me that after I just had probably the worst outing of my career was just huge for me. And I came back at the end of the season, started against Lake Central, went four innings. I think I gave up one earned run. It was a double off from Connor Mish. He saw slider down the middle. I just took that thing off the wall. I'm surprised I didn't leave. And uh, so I did pretty well. That got rained out halfway through, but I was rolling after the first inning. And then I pitched against Jasper for one inning. Uh, no hits, no walks, like two Ks, but it got rained out after that inning too. But my uh, high school, it was pretty good. I think I finished with like a 3.7 ERA, which is all right with around 20 innings pitched. So it was really fun. We had really good leaders with Drew Dixon, Aiden Hatcher, Brody Christman, who's now at Purdue. And those guys just really uh, changed the culture at Zionsville for us. Yeah. So obviously, awesome. I, mean, you, I mean, you mentioned those guys who are all pitching now at a D1 level. So, mm-hmm. and you mentioned earlier of a guy who's a triple A right now, play, who went to Zionsville as well. Yeah. So overall, what has led to all that success at, with you being an insider? What's kind of led to all that success at Zionsville comes in, not even to mention those guys who left, but we got you, mm-hmm. Chase, and Nash all there who are great pitchers as well. So what's kind of led right. to all that success? I think it's uh, our younger programs, like the 7 through 12 U. It's called ZBC, Zionsville Baseball Club. The high schoolers always come out, at least two or three practices for them as like an organization, and we take them through a practice. We build that like family element of baseball at a young age, and like we motivate all these kids to just be the best they can be. And us, like as when I was like 10 years old, I remember taking reps at shortstop with Riley Bertram, who played four at Michigan as the shortstop and now he's going to Clemson for a year and that was really cool like taking reps with the D1 shortstop when I was like 10 years old that really motivated me to get better and so I think having all these high school players around our younger younger kids in Zionsville really motivates them to be the best they can be and really buy into the culture at Zionsville and want to want to go win state because we made it to state in 2016 and that's when I was like 11 and then me and all my buddies were like, we got to get here, man. Like, we got to we gotta win state when we're in high school. So, yeah. I think it's just that that element. And then our coaching staff really motivates us and makes it feel loose. But also, like, you guys got to go out and win because there's a special – or there's, like, a expectation playing at Zionsville. Like, you guys got to go be winners. So Yeah. So, you talk, you talk about that goal of playing in the state championship game as mm-hmm. when you're in high school. So what's mm-hmm. that outlook? Is this is junior year going to be the year, or is it going to be senior year? So obviously it's you lose be. a couple guys, but you guys are bringing yeah. back a couple players. So what's the, what's the outlook on this season, and just overall, like when do you think this goal might might be achieved? I'm saying both years. We got the talent. We got young talent. We got uh, two great senior leaders, Easton Moore and Max Bond, who've been on varsity since their sophomore year. They're great leaders, great kids, and they're all just trying to motivate us. And then me and Nash are really – me, Nash, and Chase are really uh, – we just want to get to state, man. We want to pitch our way there, and our offense is really good. If they can get us, you know, three, four runs a game, me, Nash, Chase, and a few other really good pitchers in our class and the senior class are going to get us there. So Yeah. So are there that's some – for the next – that's for the next two years as well. So we're, okay. we're looking pretty good. So are there some kids maybe younger than you to be on the lookout for um, for Zionsville baseball? Yeah, 100%. There's a freshman that's name his name's Jackson Gilly and he's up to 85. He's a lefty pitcher. He's 
amazing. Like, he's a really good kid, works his butt off, you know, to be the best he can be. And he has multiple D1 offers already. So I would not be surprised if he got in during sectionals to pitch for us. Okay. All right, man. That's a, that's then, a name I'm going to have to look out for. How do you spell yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Jackson? J-A-X-O-N or what? Uh, no, C-K. C-K. And then yeah. how do you pronounce – how do you say that last name? Gilly, it's G-I-L-L-E-Y. Okay. I think I'm going to have to go give him a follow here after yeah, after we get off the him. phone call. And but, then another uh, one is uh, – there's two more. Jackson Tilker and Matt Peterson are sophomores this year. They're both big bats in the lineup. They produce a lot of power for us, and they'll probably be in the lineup quite a few times this year. So. Okay. So one question I do like to ask a lot of you guys who just got done with your freshman or sophomore year. Mm -hmm. um, so what would you say would be tougher when you're playing high school ball? Obviously central Indiana is kind of, I mean, that's cream of the crop baseball talent. Yeah. What would be tougher playing as a sophomore or being an underclassman playing high school ball against 17, 18 year olds, or when you're playing travel ball and you're facing up some of the elite prospects of your same age group? Um, it's definitely travel ball, travel ball and, the south like when you go down to hoover and lake point man it's just it's different it's a different level of competition but also i can see the side of uh being an underclassman facing the juniors and seniors like that was pretty tough this year but i think it's a lot more manageable because you're only seeing one or two kids that are at that elite level not all nine in the lineup as yeah, it is a travel ball so so being in Central Indiana, I mean, you did get to face some of those teams that had multiple uh, commits in the in that lineup. Yeah. So I know you mentioned Lake Central. I'm sure you probably played Andrian as well. Um, so uh, we who, didn't actually this year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. who would be the toughest hitter you got to face last year, or maybe just the toughest guy that the pitching staff got to face that you that you got to see in person? Honestly, I think it's uh, it's got to be Connor Mish from Lake Central. He's going to Xavier. He's just a dog. Like after, so my first at bat, I remember throwing him a cutter away and he just like, this pitch was dotted. It was low and outside. He just takes it the other way. Off. I remember coming into the dugout and asking Drew, cause Drew's played with him for four or five years. I'm like, Drew, like, how do I, how do I pitch this kid? And he's like, you really like, you can't pitch to this kid. Like if you throw anywhere in the zone, it's, he's going to hit it. So just work around the zone or else, you know, I mean, he's getting a double every time. I'm like, all yeah. right, man. So I just threw him fastballs off the plate and luckily got him to pop up. And yeah. Drew basically told me just, like, let himself get out, like, let him get himself out. So that's what I had to do. And he was yeah. probably the most intimidating at the plate. Okay, so he was more intimidating than Matt Santana, Tennessee commit, or even Griffin in your class? Yeah, I uh, struck both of them out, so – Connor Mish was definitely the toughest one to face by far. All right. All right. So when you were – so last – this past year, you did have Drew that you said you, you talked to quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and those, the guy going to Akron, and you mentioned there was a yep. third guy. I forget who you said he was. Yeah. Aiden Patrick going to Butler. Okay. So you have those three guys all going D1. So when you're a younger guy, two, three years younger than a guy who's committed to a D1 school, uh, how do you – like, what are some questions you like to ask him, and just how do you how how do they kind of take you under their wing, just being a couple years uh, a couple years older, and just so what are some ways you're picking their brain? Yeah, so I got really tight with Hatcher and Dixon this year, and I just basically asked them what they had to do to get that like to get to the D one level, and they basically just told me just work as hard as you can in the weight room. Um, watch a lot of video of MLB pitchers and how they compose themselves on the mound and their mechanics. This is always good to watch someone better than you and then get one pitching coach that you're like, you're close with. And I have that. His name's Jay Lair. I've been going to him for about three years now, but just uh, picking those guys brains on like pitch grips, um, how they use like their rosin like what they do with the rosin and how they use it like that's really important as well and then like how they just can uh stay composed under pressure because they've they've played in sectionals before like they have that experience that i don't have so that was yeah. really big for me yeah so let's move on to your actual on the field play a little bit so let's take mm -hmm. it to when you're up there on the mound so what's your yeah. pitching repertoire looking like i know you said earlier 
fastball, slider, sinker. I think you mentioned a fourth pitch too. So what are those yeah. pitches that you're throwing and what's your velos on them? So my fastball is like 86, 88. I've hit 89 two or three times this summer. I haven't hit 90 yet, so that's that's coming soon. And then I'm working on a changeup now that's low 80s, but I just don't have 100% confidence with it right now. I just need to keep working flat ground and bullpen with it. And then I throw a slider. It went from a cutter to a slider just from, you know, just – tweaking it a little bit and learning that uh, grip and release point. So it went from a cutter to a slider. That sits low, I'd say, 79, 82. I think at future games it was like 81, 82. And then I have a sinker that's with like a two-seam grip. I just try to get my index finger on the inside of the ball, and it, it like it's like a two-seam sinker. So it uh, cuts it, or runs into a righty and runs down like into their knee. So Okay. So what would you say out of those out of those pitches? Which pitches which pitch do you think might need the most work? Most work is definitely on the changeup. I've got the grip, I've got the movement. It's just really finding how to place it, where to start it to a lefty, where to start it to a righty, what count to throw it in. Because these are all things you gotta know and math before you throw it to some of the best hitters in the country. So that's yeah. really where I am with that. I think uh, the fall is for, you know, getting a lot of work. So I'll, I'll be throwing that a lot this fall just to try to master it before spring and summer. Yeah. So are you are you pretty good set on the pitches that you throw right now? Or do you have any plan in the near future to uh, maybe add a different pitch? Yeah, I'd love after I get the change up down to start working on a spike curve. Because I've messed with that a little bit in high school, I think, but twice. Dom Oliveria to strike out to it, but it, it was bad. It was, like, up in the zone. I'm surprised he didn't kill it. But I've thrown that probably twice in high school, twice this summer, just when the hitters are on all my other pitches. I just throw that to get their timing off just a little bit or for them to see a different pitch. And so I think that will come in maybe probably late summer if I can get it or probably next off season because it, it takes me, like – the harder competition you face, the better your pitch needs to be and the more confidence you need to have with it. So I doubt I'll be throwing that this yeah. or summer. So when you do go about adding a new pitch, how how what's your routine like for that? So what like how, how do you go about adding new pitches? So I work with my pitching coach a lot on it. And basically we do – so to add this changeup, we started in February. I just started on one knee with this grip, just throwing it into a wall, just really getting that feel feel for it, feeling the grip, feeling it roll off my fingers. And then we implemented it in catch play, just throwing a lot of change-ups in catch play, getting farther and farther back with it out to like 100 feet, just feeling it off the fingers and how it, how it moves. And then also what we did was in a – the earlier, like January, February, March, when I was still doing plyo holds, like going out of my motion, but just holding on to a plyo ball and not releasing it, I would hold it with the change-up grip and do the change-up arm motion, but not throw it just to get, you know, like in your brain and muscle memory. So that's really how I do it. And then I'll start like throwing it, telling myself, like, I'm going to throw two change-ups this inning. I don't care where they're going or what they're doing. I'm going to throw two change-ups. And you kind of got to do that and then just build up into building that pitch in to 100%. So if you were a scout watching your game, so if you let's say if you're a scout watching yourself at the Futures game, what would mm-hmm. be your personal scouting report on yourself? So this could be on the mound and even in the dugout when you're interacting with teammates. Yeah, I would think there definitely needs to be a third pitch that is 100% because that sinker still, I don't throw it a ton. I'm mostly fastball slider a little bit of sinker, but I think as a scout, I would say this kid needs some third pitch. If it's a change-up sinker, curveball, whatever it is, he needs a third pitch that he can rely on. And then also my uh, legs, I think – well, also I'm only like 175 pounds, so I'll need to bulk up a little bit. And I could see that. And then also my um, back leg and my butt just moving down the mound. It's a little I, – I need to tweak it a little bit because I'm not getting uh, – full efficiency out of my lower half with my mechanics right now. So I'd okay. say those things pretty much yeah. to work on. So you had, you had to uh, Urbana champagne or like as a, as a, as an incoming student, how do you say it? Just Urbana champagne? 
Yeah, either Champaign or Urbana. Okay. So before you head to campus there in the fall of 2024, what's maybe the biggest thing you're wanting to work on? This can be personally and as a ball player. Just mm-hmm. what are some of the biggest things you're wanting to work on before you head to campus in the fall of 2024? Um, definitely getting more physical and getting uh, – my work in early in the morning because I don't want the freshman that's there at 5.30 in the morning for lifts like half awake. I want to be there 100% ready to go, you know. And then when I walk on campus, I don't want to be 180 pounds looking like a stick next to these seniors that are just jacked. So by the time I get there, I want to be probably 200, 205 pounds, pretty big guy. And then also just training my body to wake up early in the morning, get my lifts in in the morning instead of late at night. And yeah. then, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think those two things are really important. So Yeah. So I just got a couple more questions for you before we end mm-hmm. it off. Um, I kind of do like digging into kind of like the personal side of things to end it off. Just a couple questions there. Yeah. Um, instead, of just, instead of just all baseball. So when you're not playing baseball, what are some of your passions that you have beyond the field? Obviously, you've talked about your faith. But what are some, what are some other things that you like to do and maybe have some other passions? Right. So I have a really good core group of friends with me, uh, Nash Wagner, Josh Gervin, and Tyler Neal. Those are my three, like, best friends. We do everything together. So I think it's really good just to hang out, you know, still be a kid. Like, I'm, I'm only 17 years old. It's really important for me to have fun, like, stuff, too. So just hanging out with those guys. Like, we like to go to downtown Carmel a lot, get food. You know, just hang out with other people, just be a kid, you know, and not be so serious all the time. Like we're, we're D1 athletes, but we're still kids, you know, like we still can do other stuff. Okay. So being in so Zionsville. Staying, yeah. So be, being in Zionsville, when you want to go do something fun, is there stuff to do mm-hmm. in Zionsville or do you kind of have to travel to Carmel? Go downtown in no, there's definitely stuff to do in Zionsville. There's, we have a street called Main Street. It has tons of shops, restaurants, um, everything you could want on there. So we go down there a lot, just walk around. Lots of good ice cream places. And then we just hang out a lot at uh, friends' houses. And then a lot more shopping. It's like there's outdoor malls there. It's uh, nicer food. They have like a Ruth Chris over there. And so we go over there a little bit, maybe like, at once a month or so just to shop and eat food and just hang out. Okay. So is Carmel a little bit more bougie than what, than what other towns are are here in Indiana? Cause I know at IU, I mean, I know whenever people say they're from Carmel, I know that that's always like a bad thing that people, I guess apparently people don't like people from Carmel. So being yeah. another town there North of Indy, is that true? Or is that kind of just like a thing that people say? Yeah, the stereotype for Carmel was like, you know, the rich, stuck-up kids, and they, they'll let you know about their money. But I don't know. All the kids I hang out with from Carmel are all super nice and chill, just like there's kids. So I don't really buy into that stereotype. But once you go to Carmel, it's, it's definitely pretty nice around there. So same okay. with Westfield. Westfield nice as well. Okay. I mean, I, I just wanted to ask because, I mean, whenever I meet people up from Carmel at a, like a party or just walking mm-hmm. around campus or at class. I mean, they all seem like cool people. I mean, I just yeah, wasn't sure all, if that yeah. was a... I don't buy into that stereotype at all. I know from Carmel are really nice people. So Yeah, I know um, Carmel was just be a huge school because I know I did this thing in high school called DECA. It's kind of just like a business club. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing that too. Okay, so I went to I went to Indy for like the state DECA and mm-hmm. Carmel got called. I, fe- I felt like I, I felt like I heard Carmel maybe like 300 times that night when it, they announced all the winners. It was yeah. like, oh, uh, Avon, Carmel, 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 Carmel. It was right. just, I mean, at one point, I mean, I think the whole, this whole hotel, this whole convention center we were at just started booing. And I was just like, man, I guess people really? just do, yeah, they started booing every time <laughs> someone from Carmel was called. And then, so it was funny. So like, you know how, like, when you go to a convention center, there's, like, different ballrooms? Well, yeah. there was four ballrooms that all got one put into one big room. Well, Carmel yeah. took up one full ballroom. That's insane. So they, they were 25% of the people there. Yeah. So their high that's when I, like, five or 6,000 kids. It's crazy. Yeah. That's when I noticed that maybe people people may, might not like people from Carmel. But I, I, every person I've met seemed cool. Yeah, I got I got one last question for you before we end it off. So Mm -hmm. obviously, name, image, and likeness—that's a thing that that's kind of a new thing, kind of in the wild, wild west of that of that right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So once you do go to a college campus and graduate from high school, 
you'll be able to take advantage of that and make a little bit of money off your name, image, and likeness potentially. So right. once you do head to Illinois, what would be one dream brand that you would love to work with in the future? I think every kid will say Nike, but I'm going to – like Nike is obviously the ultimate goal for me, but um, on a more realistic with being a college athlete, I'd say my uncle owns a company called 199, and they're really big on old like vintage college uh, basketball gear. And I love all this stuff. Like, I have tons of shirts and shorts from there. And I think being, like, an ambassador for my uncle's company would be really dope because I love all of his stuff. Like, I wear it pretty much every other day. And I think that would be really cool, just being an ambassador for his company and promoting his company. Yeah. So where where's his company technically located at? Uh, Evansville, Indiana. Okay. So maybe maybe you might need to connect me with him because I've, I've got a couple – couple nil clients i'd say um that maybe i could get connected with and maybe have your uncle get some college athlete ambassadors yeah he'd love that so maybe uh, once once you get off this you might have to send me your uncle's phone number i'll reach out to him but for sure uh man that's all the questions i got for you on the show love learning more yeah, about you learning more about uh your career more about your faith um so just best of luck here um this fall for team indiana Best of luck here as you head to Illinois here in a couple of years. Thank you. I know I'll definitely – we'll definitely meet up at some point. I'll get you some podcast merch. Um, send me that awesome. – might have to send me that Team Indiana schedule so I can kind of be there at the uh, Bart, Bart Kaufman Stadium when you guys are yep. there playing ball. So um, just th- th- thanks for coming on the show. Definitely. It was a pleasure. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR podcast and another weekend of the podcast as well. So I'm really thankful for these two great weeks so far of our Indiana Bulls series. We do have one more week, though, of this series going on. Next week, we've got Joe Chenary from Penn High School going to Purdue for that 2024 class. Then we've got Joe Glander, a guy on the 2025 Indiana Bulls. So it's mostly been 2024 so far, but Joe Glander, 2025. And then we have Griffin Tobias next Sunday, Indiana baseball commit shortstop from Lake Central. Uh, Just to finish it off, after next weekend, still a bunch of baseball content coming your way. Uh, Got some big names coming up here, October, November, uh, maybe even as September, the rest of this month in September. So uh, make sure to be checking it out. But for any more updates and to find out who's coming on the podcast, check out our social media. That is going to be at JKR underscore podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And then our website as well, which is www.jkrpodcast.com. So check those out. Keep listening. Subscribe to us. And I'll catch you guys next week.